I, I'm sure that you're going to share this interview on your podcast as well. Yeah. If you, if you do a really good job, I'm going to share it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm going to definitely share this for sure. Yep. Hey, I'm the one interviewing you today. So <laughs> you're know. the one who's going right. to have to do a good job, you're right? right? So true. you're right. Yeah. I, I we'll just decide. Yeah. If I'm a sucky if, guest, I won't even put myself on my own podcast. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I am excited to have you here. I'm excited that you're listening to this show and you haven't chosen something else to listen to. So I'm going to be honest with you. I just like monopolizing all of your time. No, I'm just kidding. I do appreciate you being here, though, and I have an exciting show for you today, something a little bit different than what we normally do. I have been interviewed on another podcast, a competing podcast of a friend of mine named Bill Allen, and he interviews interviewed me on his uh, podcast, uh, the House Flipping HQ podcast, and I thought it may be fun to bring it to you and let you hear me get interviewed for a change. So, uh, I and I had a lot of fun doing it, and and I think there was some good stuff there. So let's uh, let's do that today. Let's let's bring an interview that I did on someone else's show and bring it into here and kind of uh, uh, merge those two worlds because I think Bill's a great guy. I have a lot of respect for him, and he ha- he runs a very great podcast. So uh, I'm going to bring this to you, and uh, like I said, it's going to be a little different because it's going to be coming from the perspective of another another podcast or another podcast. So if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, just know it's it's a little bit different. I'm being interviewed as opposed to me interviewing somebody else. But I think you're going to enjoy it, and I think it'll be a fun little uh, new uh, uh, thing that we do here on this show just for this episode. And uh, I'm excited to bring it to you. So without any further ado, here we go with Bill Allen on the House Flipping HQ podcast. All right, we've got a good friend with, of mine today, Mike Simmons. Hey, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> How's it going, Bill? How you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm awesome. Life's hey, good. Um, so what we wanted to do today, it's, it's kind of fun what we're doing uh, on this podcast today is uh, Mike Simmons, if you guys don't know, has a phenomenal podcast called Just Start Real Estate Podcast. He's interviewed me on there a couple of times. Um, I've interviewed him on the House Wing HQ podcast recently uh, was going through the board of directors, the, you know, people behind me in the in the team here. And what we thought would be good, uh, him as a, a speaker at Flip Hacking Live this year, is come on. I wanted to interview him anyway, but um, I can bring him on, interview him for the podcast, and we can kind of uh, you know, share a little bit about his podcast as well. So some of the things that he talks about on there, some of the uh, guests that he's had, and I've really enjoyed you know talking to you. I think you're phenomenal at what you do. You've been doing it for a long time. You have like hundreds and hundreds of episodes on there. So uh, really cool stuff. And you know, I'm sure that you're going to share this interview on your podcast as well. Yeah, if you if you do a really good job, I'm going to share it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm going to definitely share this for sure. Yep. Hey, I'm the one interviewing you today, so <laughs> you're know. the one who's going right. to have to do a good job, you're right? right? So true. you're right. Yeah, I, I we'll just decide. Yeah, if I'm a sucky guest, I won't even put myself on my own podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, what I want to do today, and so I, I, I'm just going to make the assumption that a lot of people out there know who you are, uh, listen to the podcast for a while. So you were just on one recently. I just had you on on about a month ago. Um, to kind of talking about why you came on board, why you came on this board of directors, why you're taking this journey with me in the Housewing HQ community and seven figure flipping and all that stuff. And what I want to do today is just spend some time talking about uh, Flip Hacking Live and what you're going to talk about and really give the the listeners an idea of what what they can get from an event like this. So I've been spending a lot of time here on um, on our podcast talking about the um, 
the board of directors, then my team, I brought my staff on and now we're kind of bringing on some of the speakers from Flip Packing Live. And you being one of them, you've brought down the house in previous years. Uh, last year, I think was probably one of the best presentations that I've heard at any Flip Packing Live event that you gave about uh, the dispositioning of, of properties and how to make as much money as you can on the deals. And um, it's just, you, know, you always do such a phenomenal job from stage. It's really incredible. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You let me talk about things that I'm passionate about in the business. So that helps, obviously. Um, and, and this year's no exception. I mean, last year I talked about dispositions, like you said. Um, I have a lot of opinions about that, and I like talking about it quite a bit. So putting that together was actually a lot of fun. And I think that comes through when, when the speakers go on stage and talk about something they really know and really are passionate about in the industry. That's when that's when it really comes alive. And that's why this event and, and the way that we put it together is so important uh, because people really do bring it. You know, they, they want to, for me, and I know you're the same way, Bill, I'm, I'm competitive in, in some ways. And I, I want, even if it's just subconsciously, like I want to have the best presentation, the most value I want to really deliver so that I feel like I was the best when I was done. And, and I, and, and here's the thing, we got guys like Andy McFarlane and, and Chris and Heather Logan and, and all these people who are going to be presenting and Terry Berger and all these guys, they're all phenomenal. So it's like, I get this sense of competition. Like I know these guys are going to be awesome. And if I do anything less than bring everything I've got and all the firepower I can muster, I'm going to fall flat compared to those guys. So um, that's that's kind of what is is kind of in my head. But yeah, this year is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this year I'm going to talk about, is it okay if I talk about what my topic is right now? Is, can I yeah, before you that do or? that, before okay. you do that, I want to, like, you just mentioned something that, like, you being competitive, the, the funny thing is, these are all kind of like, typically all type A personalities, oh, yeah. really competitive <laughs> people, um, big, like, uh, I, I use the word ego a lot, but I think it's a good a good way to right. use the word ego. Like, yeah. you know, they, they they're competitive in business, they're competitive in life. They're they're people that are high achievers and they're striving to be the best person that they can and the best family man they can, the best father, the best business owner, the best individual, all that stuff. So when you put that the twenty of those people on stage and they know that they're all just like, no, my presentation is going to be the best, and everybody else, no, mine's going to be the best. You get the best out of those people, and when you, I mean. Even just like 50% Mike Simmons on stage is phenomenal. If you get 110% of Mike Simmons and Chris and Heather Logan and Andy McFarlane and, and Becca and Terry and yep. Jeremiah and Adam and all the people that we're bringing to stage. And then we bring in a couple of like uh, Hall of Fame professional speakers like Walter Bond yeah. and Jocko Willink and like that, that kind of caliber to this. I mean, these three days, it's just going to be just value bomb, value bomb, value bomb. So um, I feel the same way. I'm hyper competitive and I'm probably the most competitive around you. And so, you know, even just you saying that here just makes me want to work harder on my presentation. <laughs> I know. So, well, like you said, bringing guys like Jocko and, uh, and Walter Bond, I mean, like you said, world-class speaker. So even my a game, I'm nervous is going to like pay. So I'm, I'm man, I'm, I'm thinking about this like constantly. I, I just want to figure out how I can ratchet it up from last year. So, and I think last year went well, very well, but I, I just want to ratchet it up. I want to be better than that. So, um, and that's, you know, that's the kind of people you want at stage anyways, people who, who really want to bring it and everybody that we're bringing on stage, everyone you mentioned, um, that I know personally is just going to crush it. I know they are. They're just, are yeah, they're I've given you a couple speaker buffer between uh, you and the professionals, so oh, thank you. Uh, we should be okay. You got <laughs> some you. sacrificial lambs in there. I can't. I'm not following Jocko. I'm just telling you, man. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna have an injury or something if that happens. Yeah, pull the hammy. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, so what are you gonna talk about? Let's let's dig into that. So this year, uh, what I'm gonna talk about it, it's a subject that 
I think is as important as anything you do in your business, uh, and that is tracking your numbers, right? And on the surface, it sounds like well, a little dry, right? Tracking numbers, right? But here's the deal. I ran a real estate investing company for six years uh, prior. Well, I've done it now for 10 years, but for the first six years, I was out there doing deals. I was making money in my market. I was considered to be one of the biggest investors around. Like I was one of the big deals in the in this little, you know, I was a big fish in a little pond kind of a thing. And I I had kind of convinced myself that I was just crushing it, right? And I was doing deals and I was borrowing money and I was paying investors back and and paying contractors and all this stuff. And I was just like, this is great. Money coming in, money going out. It's awesome. But what I didn't do effectively was track my numbers, right? So if you would have said, how's your business? I would have said, awesome. And if they would, somebody would have said, well, how awesome? Like, tell me what's happening. What, what is your cost per deal? What, what does it cost it for you to get a deal? What does it cost you? Um, what, what's your average spend for your renovations? Because I was a house flipper back then primarily. I would have given you a blank stare. Nobody asked me that, but that I would have not known. I wouldn't have known anything about my business. So once I started tracking numbers, and by the way, by, my nature is not like a number cruncher. I'm not that guy. I, I don't enjoy the 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 process of tracking but what i learned over time is if you don't track your numbers it's very much like getting in a plane taking off and going this is great i'm flying the ground is below me i don't know where i'm going i have no idea i don't know if there's a, a another plane coming i don't know if there's a mountain coming I have no idea if I'm gaining altitude, losing altitude. I don't know what's happening because I don't have an instrument panel in front of me. And that's what tracking your numbers is, guys. You can, Anybody can get off the ground with a business. You can do enough to get yourself off the ground. But once you're off the ground, the difference between a business and like a lemonade stand is lemonade, kids with lemonade stands, they don't track their numbers, right? They're just collecting dollar bills and handing out you know, lemonade to people. But a business owner... They know what their cost of acquisition is. They understand what it costs to make the phone ring. They understand what it costs to go on an appointment and not get a deal, right? All of these numbers allow you to go from like, hey, I've done a couple of deals and I feel like a, like a, like a million bucks to now I'm doing 10 deals a year. I'm doing 20 deals or 30 deals, right? You can ramp up and there's going to be speakers on stage that's going to talk your, your, blow your mind about how you can ramp up your business, how you can explode the sales side of it, how you can explode the marketing side of it. But I'm going to talk about once that starts happening, and here's the deal. You know this too, Bill, as well as I do. We have known people who thought they were crushing it, but once they start digging in and learning what their numbers are, they're actually losing money. They're not even making money. They're spending more than they're making, but they see a $30,000 check roll in and they're like, yes, I'm killing it. But they spent 35000 to get it. And they don't know it, you know? So the bank account doesn't always tell the story, especially when you're a house flipper. It doesn't always tell the story because there's just wild swings. So what I learned early on is, and I and I made all the mistakes, so I'm going to kind of walk you through like a, a beginner's guide and then show you what it can look like as it evolves as far as tracking what is my marketing spend? What am I, what am I spending just to make the phone ring? And if, and if the phone rings and I don't answer it, it goes to voicemail and I lose that lead, what did that cost me? What does that mean to me, right? So once you know your numbers, you can work in reverse. You can say, well, if I want to do a million dollars this year, 
I know I did 200,000 last year and this is what everything cost me. If I just turn these dials and these knobs, I can get myself to a million. You can talk about what it really takes to ramp your business up, not what you think it's gonna take. And then in addition to that, just having systems in your business, right? So tracking your numbers, you can systematize that and it can be very easy. Like I said, I made all the mistakes. I started off with this gargantuan, like monster spreadsheet where I was tracking like every single thing you could possibly think of. And what ends up happening with entrepreneurs a lot of time, and it certainly happened with me, was it was daunting. It was so overwhelming. I didn't always track the numbers. I didn't I didn't do the actual tracking of the day-to-day numbers because it was like, well, I don't have time. That look at that spreadsheet. There's like 50,000 numbers on there. So what's really important is that you track some basic numbers. So we're going to talk about that. And what are the basic numbers you need to track? How do you track them? What does that look like? And if you don't track them, what does that mean? What 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 could happen then, right? What's the difference? And like I said, that that bleeds into just having systems in place in your company. So I'm going to share some of the systems that I use in my company, some of the systems and processes that other successful real estate investors are using in their business so that at the end of the day, you have a business that you can look at your numbers, you understand where your business is, like that dashboard I talked about in the airplane, you know where your business is, and you have the systems and processes that support tracking those numbers. So when it's all said and done at the end of the year, your CPA has clean information. If you have a bookkeeper, obviously they have clean information. Uh, one of the biggest nightmares as an entrepreneur for me was around uh, April 1st, when my CPA was like, dude, I, I need to know what happened in your business this year. Like, you need to share some information with me. I didn't have anything. Like, I had nothing. So it, it was a nightmare for me. And and it was simple as, how many deals did you close on? Like, how many did you take possession of? Right? Not, not necessarily wholesale, but how many did you close and you, you spent money and it was in your name for any length of time? And I couldn't tell him. And I had no idea. Like, that's the level of not tracking that I was doing at one point in my business. But I felt successful but I just didn't know how successful or or how close I was to not being successful, right? So tracking those numbers, understanding what your the health of your business, right? Everybody, you know, you go to the doctor to find out what your blood pressure is and your your blood sugar and all these things, so you know whether or not you're you're close to death or you're actually healthy, right? So you're you need to know if your company is close to death because more than one company has gone under because they just didn't know how close they were running to the edge. And I don't want you guys to do that. We're gonna put people on stage that are gonna absolutely help you take it to the next level. But when they do that, all of them are also tracking their numbers. And that's what we're gonna talk about when I get on stage. Yeah, I think that's the difference between you know a business and a job or the amateur, or the side yeah. hustle. So the, the other thing, you mentioned the lemonade stand. I really like that. So you've got these kids that are out selling lemonade and they don't care. They don't care because their parents bought the, all the materials for the lemonade. Like mm-hmm. they, Their cost of uh, acquisitions of goods is zero. So <laughs> exactly. everything is profit. They're putting it in their pocket. Profit. And they're really loving it. Exactly. So if that's you and that's the business that you're running and everybody else is paying for your marketing and you're not spending any of your own money and you're playing with the house's money, then sure, you don't need to track your numbers because every dollar is profit. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily about what we make, it's about what we keep as business owners. So a lot of times we're on we're on these podcasts and I, I get feedback a lot of why you guys talk about your gross profit all the time and how many deals you're doing and you're these huge companies. Like how much are you actually making? Like what's your net? What's your gross margin? What's all those percentages? Like I'm happy to talk about that stuff, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not going to stop talking about my gross profit because that it, we are running a business. Like I'm running a company 
it's not like Walmart shows you how much the CEO is netting from their business. They, they the Fortune 500 companies or Inc. Inc. 500 list, uh, Fortune 100s, all these people, like it's based on their revenue, their gross profit. Like how big is their company profit wise? It's not there, sh- and that's something that the entire company can get behind and strive towards. Totally. And then we we build in these systems and processes inside the business to make sure that we can figure out how to. And I talked about this on a previous podcast: is reduce our expenses and increase our our profit. Like. That's the goal. Like, how can we sell stuff for more and reduce our expenses? That's how you make more money as a business owner. So, if you're running a lemonade stand, no problem. Like, everybody else is paying for your marketing or everything's free and your time's free and you don't care about that, then fine. I'll tell you, when I got started, I didn't track any of this stuff either. I remember my first year, I was just like sending out, mar- I'll, t- I'll tell you what I did track. I tracked all the money going out for the first four and a half months before I got my first deal. Yeah. It was very easy to determine <laughs> yeah. what my margins were. Yeah. They were bad until I got my first deal and then I got my second deal and then three and four and then five. And I didn't have a huge payroll and I didn't have a lot of this stuff. So I ca- it's it's a lot easier to know when your company's a little bit smaller, but, but it was also a different marketplace four or five years ago. So when people are probably listening to this going, okay, I'm going to turn this podcast off because these are guys that are doing 200 deals, 200 deals, 400 deals. Like they're making millions of dollars. So they really need to watch it because they have high payroll. Like I, I have close to a million dollar payroll. I'll tell you that right now. Like my staff makes a lot of money and I love it. It's good. That's my, that's, that's what I, that's what it's about for me right now is not how much I make. It's I want to make, I want to make hit those. You guys heard of the podcast that I did with Ryan Smith. We want to hit the numbers that, that he wants to hit. My goal now is to, for him to be successful and other people inside my company to be successful. Yep. But you're missing the point if you're, if you're going to turn this podcast off and think about it because you're brand new. Like In a marketplace like right now where people are complaining about they can't find deals, they're spending a lot of money to get the deals, all these things, you need to know your numbers better than ever right yeah. now, even I, if you're just getting going. There's an argument for the fact that you really have just as much responsibility to track your numbers as a new investor as you do with someone with a billion dollar payroll, right? Like, think about it, a, a little, a, a match flame can be, be blown out pretty easily, right? You're a little bit more of a campfire, a roaring fire, right? It takes maybe a little bit more for you to to get blown out. But when you're first starting out and you, you're dealing with limited funds or you have one or two deals going, you can't afford not to know it. And here's the key. here: If I were listening to this podcast, here's what I would want it to hear, right? Because I, you're right. Some people's eyes might be crossing like, oh boy, this will not be a CPA's perspective on tracking your numbers. Trust me, I'm not a CPA and I'm not inherently or natively uh, like a numbers guy, right? So this will be like an entrepreneur's guide to tracking your numbers, right? Looking at it from a business owner who didn't get into business to like spend all day, you know, bean counting. Like that's that's not what I'm what I'm what I'm about or what I'm going to try to get across to you. It's really more about how do you do this in a way that isn't painful, doesn't make you want to bash your head against a wall, but still keeps you out of trouble as you grow and as more money's going in and out of your company. What does that look like? And how do you create systems? Who should be tracking this stuff? Like, does it all have to be you? No, it doesn't have to be. If you're the only person in the company, then yeah, it's going to be you. But as soon as you start bringing people on, if you start bringing people on, there's some things you can download. It's a lot of it is, it's just if you create a process, like anything else in your business, you create a process and a system around it, you can download it. You can delegate that stuff. So I don't want to be the person tracking all of my numbers all of the time. But as an owner, I want to be able to be on vacation, get a report, take a look at it, see the health of my of my company at a glance. That's what I'm talking about. We're not talking about 
800 points of, of measurement here. We're talking about like when you're starting out, maybe like half a dozen. As you grow a dozen, you know, it doesn't have to be a million things, but there's some key stuff that you should be that you should be looking out for. But in addition to that, like you said, Bill, this is a business, right? So there's other processes and systems that you need to have in your business just to just to give yourself back some time. If you want to run around crazy working 80 hours doing it all yourself, I doubt that's the person who will be at this event. I doubt it. I think people who go to this event typically want to find a better way. They want their time back. They want to create a business. They want to have a little bit more time with their family or for their personal life. And they want to, but they still want to be able to have their business and maybe grow it or maybe just maintain it and get their time back, right? How do you do that? So you do that through understanding where your business health is and bringing people in responsibly, creating systems around it. And it could be small and it can be big, right? So people listening going, oh, they're doing 100 deals or 200 deals or whatever it is. Trust me, what I'm going to share will apply very much to the person who's only doing a couple of deals or a handful of deals, absolutely, all the way up through the pre person who's, I'll show you what it looks like when you're tracking 100 deals. I'll show you that, those numbers, but I'm also gonna show you what it looks like when you're only doing a handful of deals, right? So it will apply to everybody and it will be through the lens of someone who doesn't wanna spend eight or nine hours a day looking at numbers and spreadsheets all day. So that's that's what I can say about it. Don't don't think I'm gonna you're gonna get up there and it's gonna be like this, some CPA talking to you for an hour. It's not, that's not what it is. Yeah, that's the challenge that I've had putting this event together is really trying to, put the speakers on stage that can speak to everybody, you know, the people who are hardly doing any deals or never done a deal before to the people who are doing hundreds of deals and, and multi-million dollars in profit. And, it, you know, I accepted the challenge. I think that the way that we set this up is, uh, I, you know, the marketing side of things, you can take one of these presentations and just do that, totally. you know, and that's your, that's your marketing. And, and I'm trying to figure out how um, right now we set it up for presentations with people that don't have a lot of money, presentations of people that do have a lot of money, you know, all these different things. So there's something for everybody at this event to make sure that everybody, somebody who's never done a deal before, who's considering just getting into real estate feels like, wow, this is, this is great stuff. Like this is in-depth things that I actually understand and I can take and I can, I can use and implement in my business. And people that are doing hundreds of deals aren't sitting there bored. Yeah. And you know that's it's quite a challenge, but I think the the way that we've set it up and structured the event and the speakers that are coming on and they understand the audience and who it is and who they're speaking to, and we spend a lot of time talking about that. You know, who's going to be in the audience? What do they need to hear? And I think it's going to be really powerful for them to see that. The other the other thing that you mentioned that I really like was it's the entrepreneur's guide to uh, <laughs> tracking numbers. You didn't use like the dummy's guide or the idiot's that's guide right, to it right. because you know if I was up there as an engineer. Uh, sharing these numbers, I'll tell you, it would be horrible for you guys. It would be spreadsheet after spreadsheet, bunch of numbers. Um, but you kind of talked about the traction model, right? This, uh, the scoreboard, the scorecard mm -hmm. and the scorecard just basically being, are you on a deserted Island? Can you sit there and just look at, uh, just look at a list of numbers and know the health of your business. And we have that we ha and we update that weekly yep. and it's great. And I'll tell you what, two years ago, I had no idea. Uh, I had a somewhat idea. I'll, the only number that I, tr I tracked one number in my business. And it took a few other numbers to find what that one number was, but it was each marketing channel for every dollar I spent, how much money did I make? Yep. And that was the one number that I, that I looked at. And at the time it was about seven to one. And so I knew that I was fine mm -hmm. and with low overhead, things like that, and, and like three to one, you're, you're making money. Even now three to one, I'm making money yeah. in the business that I have. Yep. And we just have to do more volume to, to do it. But as I started, you know, I started seeing that creep down. That's when I knew I had to kind of tighten the belt. So there's these, these kind of just like magic numbers as a small company that you can just look at. Now I had to find out, 
you know, how much, how much marketing dollars was I spending? How much was I making total? I had to kind of put those numbers together to determine what that was. And it didn't include any overhead or expenses or operating costs or any of that stuff that was kind of lost in the noise. But I knew that at the end of the year, like I was focused on, you know, driving other stuff. I mean, I was at capacity at that point, but having that number really helped me. So, but now, I mean, we really, we're competing against wide seas of investors, uh, you know, bigger conglomerates, uh, I buyers, stuff like that. Yeah. So we've got to really be smart about it. I mean, I, like you said, I've seen people who have made a million bucks, but it cost them 1.2 million to get there. And like you said, they didn't realize it. So there's a shocking amount of investors that we would label as like big investors, right? Doing a hundred deals or more who are not tracking their numbers. We've seen them. We, we, we know people who came into like eight figure flipping or seven figure flipping and, and they were just, they were crushing it in terms of like volume, but you start talking to them about numbers and they're like, I don't really track that stuff, you know? So I think this will apply to a lot of folks who are, who are kind of crushing it already and maybe just don't understand the importance of tracking these numbers. So yeah, I, I think it'll be, Let's it'll be good. And it's, and it's a topic, like I said, that I, I screwed it up for so long that I, I just, I really know the value of it. And I, and I just, people have to understand how important this is. Let's dig into that a little bit. When you, people listen to this podcast are probably like, wow, man, I, you know, I'm doing a bunch of deals and I'm not necessarily tracking my numbers. Like who do you think those people are that are not tracking their numbers and why do you think they aren't? And so like, why are some investors better at it than others? Um, do you think? I think some of it is is um, ignorance, and I don't mean that in a in a derogatory way. I mean they just don't know. They don't. No one's ever told them they have to track numbers. So they're kind of like this old school. Like if if there's money in my bank account, my I'm good, you know. But especially house flippers, because there's so much money typically going in and out, it's really deceiving. You you can have nothing in your bank account, but actually your business is very very healthy. Or you can have a ton of money in your bank account and you're really running on fumes, right? So I think what happens, listen, most entrepreneurs are not CPAs. They're not, by nature, they don't enjoy that part of business, right? That's why we hire bookkeepers and things like that because we just hate that part of it. Now, there's exceptions. There's some entrepreneurs that are super savvy and, and they're real, then they're uh, finance people and they're just number crunchers and they're great at it. And those people are going to do it. Regardless if I tell them to or not, they're going to do it, right? So for them, it might be a matter of understanding which numbers other entrepreneurs are tracking. So they maybe because we've we've dealt with CPAs, we've had CPAs who go, oh, I got this great spreadsheet. And it's like crazy, but they're not tracking the right numbers all the time, right? So knowing which numbers to track, and then tracking those numbers for sure. But then why, why don't some people do it? Again, ignorance, they don't know, they don't like doing it. Some people even know they should do it. And they just don't because they don't want to. And, and it's sort of like, they would, but I'll tell you what, those are the people who go to bed scared because they really know, they know in the back of their mind, they have no idea if they're making money or not. And they're just like, they're, they're just trying to ignore that part of the business because they enjoy going out and talking to people and making sales and, and visionary stuff. They enjoy that. They ignore the, the, the numbers part of it. And, and they're scared. I guarantee that they're scared almost every day of their life because they don't know what's coming around the bend. They just don't know, right? And the, and the people who do it are, are typically the people who are have that background or it's, it's something that they enjoy, right? So, I, I, But I think most entrepreneurs don't enjoy it personally. And that's yeah, why I think a lot of them come in without doing it. I see that same thing. I think it's 
what I see is I see these detail or it's more of a personality profile yeah. type thing that I see. You've got the detail oriented people or some people that have the detail and they could do some bean counting or maybe they do a lot of budgeting in their life or they're, they really like to count money and stuff like that. Yep. Um, they, they can do it and they understand it. And then you've got the people who are just pure salespeople. And the pure salespeople who, like you said, have hardly any detail, just move really fast. They want to be out in front of people. They just they just want to do a deal. The deal gets signed. They move on to the next deal. They're not thinking about like all the paperwork that needs to be done and dotting eyes and crossing the T's afterwards. And yeah. they're definitely like their CPA asked them how many uh, how many houses did you close on last year? They don't they don't even know where the HUDs are. You know? Oh, you you mean you need these HUDs? <laughs> I need to keep these things yeah. to show like how I. I I don't know. I mean, I should call the title company maybe. I, I don't even remember the address of that place. Yeah. So we've already moved down 10 steps. So what I find is a lot of times it's the people who are really, really good at sales, which are phenomenal business owners in this business because they're negotiators. They can drive, build a sales team. And that's one of the hardest things for the bean counters to do is build up the sales team mm-hmm. and be personal and be out in front of people and be a leader and stuff like that. So they can it's it's that kind of mix of both. So a lot of times what I see is when you have like business partners that are that have that where you got like a really good salesperson, really good detail person, or you have bring in that kind of integrator COO that can be the detail person for you. Yep. That's really where you see that explosion. Because what I find in my business a lot of times, we also leverage debt. So you that that is another thing that you have to keep track of. So a lot of times for me, it's how much equity do I have in my business? Because a lot of times what we do is we put money back into the business. We don't pull it out. Yeah. We don't take dividends every month. Most people, um, people aren't necessarily like operating off of a profit first model or, or some other model where they put some taxes aside and some owner profit aside and some so like any other business related expenses aside and really tracking their expenses because they're just looking at money coming in yeah. and and not seeing each month what's their profitability. So um, because of that, what I find is we have some negative equity in our business. And like you said, you don't even realize it, especially as house flippers. Wholesalers, at least, like if you're not holding any property or buying any property or taking any debt, at least your bank account should show how much yeah. money you have as a company. Right. Um, but if you're starting to leverage up other people's money, it's fiscally responsible for you to take care of their money. Yep. And f- from that, what you're doing is I'm, I'm looking at my balance sheet from time to time. And even, even as house flippers, if you like really dig into it, our balance sheet dictates what we paid for it and what we've put into it. It doesn't show the after repair value. So I actually have a board that I have all my after repair values of the house, how much more renovation is left to go, how much is in there from, from QuickBooks. And every quarter or so, I'll look at my equity in my business. So uh, to make sure that I'm not over leveraged on other people's money and debt yep. and that I have enough equity in there that shows the fact that over the last few years, I made X. I pulled out why. So I should have the difference still in the business, if not more. Like my business should be growing in equity and not yeah. be worth nothing. So that's that's the real hard part where people just don't want to slow down, I think, to look at that stuff. And like you said, sometimes they're afraid of what they're gonna see. Yeah. And and you can get you can get down kind of deep in there before you realize it. And then you get to the point where it's like, I'm gonna do one more deal, I'm gonna do one more deal, it's okay, because the next one's gonna be eighty thousand, the next one's gonna be a hundred thousand. Yeah. So we kinda just gotta be careful about that. And and I think that goes for anybody. The newer investor, it's a little bit easier for like you don't have a lot of equity in your business, it's not a huge uh operation, not a lot of people. So really those kind of like individual uh numbers and tracking is important with the bigger companies, like really thinking about that and digging into it and understanding that you you as a business owner, even as an entrepreneur, you gotta know that stuff. Like and if you don't, bring in the right person. Like we just hired a controller, a financial controller to come in because I'm frankly, I'm tired of carrying the weight of the financial side of the business. Right. I've been, that's the last thing that I gave up. And because 
to your point, I really enjoy doing that. I like, I like counting money. Uh, it's just, it's really fun for me. I, I like looking at the equity in the company. I like looking at our assets and liabilities. And I, I like doing that stuff. Um, I can take the, a P&L from the end of the month and dig into it and look and see where it all is. But fr- frankly, I don't have time for it anymore. And it's not something that we can give up. Like you said, it's super important, if not the most important, because I got a lot of family and friends and uh, other people's money in my business. I take big responsibility for that. Yep. And even some of my staff, they get to invest in the company, which is really cool. Yeah, that is very cool. And it shows that you do like that part of the business. So yeah, I, I think you you hit on a good point. It's kind of the scary side of it is there are people who are afraid of what they're going to find, right? So it's like going to the doctor. If there's something wrong, it's not getting better by not understanding what's wrong and, and addressing it. So um, in doing it from the beginning, it kind of keeps you out of that that place. So if you're doing this as a habit, if it's a good habit that you start at the beginning of your company, then then you'll know what's you know you you won't get into that situation blindly i guess is the point and to your point if you're borrowing money and a lot of us do real estate investors right we borrow money from people friends family and sometimes third parties that aren't a friend or family just someone who loaned us money you have you have just so much responsibility to know what's happening with your business so that you're not draining their money out, out some hole in the boat of your business and you don't even know it. And then pretty soon you don't have the funds to pay anybody back, right? It can happen. And that's like the side of it that people don't talk about a lot. And I'm not necessarily going to gonna obsess on that, but that, I mean, as you, for, listen, this isn't a lemonade stand. As you grow a business, even if growth is relative, right? So one deal a year to 10 deals a year, that's growth. And there's a lot of money, certainly depending on your market, that can be an awful lot of money exchanging hands, right? So you, you need to start early and often. If you already have a scaled up business and you're not tracking numbers, no time like the present. And I trust me, I won't, I won't be presenting this in a way that's going to make you want to fall asleep, right? I won't. So because that's just not how I don't look at it that way. I, I need it to be, like you said, the entrepreneur, or I said it, you repeated, the entrepreneur's guide, right? We're not dummies. We just don't all love that side of it. So it has to be, there has to be a way of doing this that is conducive to an entrepreneur, which is what, you know, the room's going to be filled with. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's it's going to be interesting. I feel like right now we're we're on like a scare tactic podcast <laughs> of know, like I know don't do this. This I don't is know how like, we got down uh, this road, but you're right. I, it doesn't. I know. No, but but you know it, it's it's true. But I'll tell you what the biggest thing, like the other thing that you mentioned, is the systems. So you talked about systems, and you talked about key performance indicators and metrics and yeah. tracking. Yeah. So I think they go hand in hand because what what I love about operating my business office systems. And I, I will tell you the best system that I operate in my company right now is the people. Like when you say, I, yeah. I talk to people that want to join seven figure flipping on the phone all the time. And they're like, I, I really just want your systems. And yeah. I said, I, the first question that I asked them, and if anybody's listening that I got on an <laughs> interview with you uh, to join the program, you know what I'm talking about. I say, what do you mean by that? Can you tell me your definition of systems? Yeah. Like, you know, just the systems. Like yeah. I want the systems. Yeah. I was like, what is that? What is the systems? Do you know? And they're like, well, no, but I heard you say it on the podcast. It's, I need systems. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just that that's what your guys are about. You're about the systems. And I'm like, well, you're right. But understanding what you need, like, what are you looking for? Like, what do you need in your business? Do you know? And I'll tell you, the human capital is the number one thing, the yeah. best thing. And, you know, fortunately, that's what I'm going to be talking about for Packing Live <laughs> is how to make an extra million dollars with your team, uh, with the right team. And because we did it year over year, we made an extra million dollars, the same number of deals with just a great team. And, but, that that's the system really and then you've got all these automations and process and programs and and 
look, I, I was a pilot for the Navy for a long time, and I went to test pilot school in England. And uh, then I spent a couple years as a test pilot in Pax River. And all we did at that school was figure out how to reduce human workload. Like all we do is make workarounds uh, in life. We we don't go straight from point A to point B. Nothing is ever perfect. There's always deficiencies in everything we do. If you ever get in a rental car and you're like, man, I wish this thing was designed differently. Like this mirror doesn't fit. There's a blind spot here. It's just, right. you go to test pilot school, you analyze that stuff like crazy. You can't even get in a rental car anymore. It's just like, <laughs> oh man, this, they screwed the, all this up. The, the ergonomics is all wrong. But it's kind of the same thing in the business. We do all these workarounds and extra process that takes hours and hours of time that we can save with technology and all of the things in the company right now that we use. And a lot of those systems and processes and procedures that we use can be shared and given away. Mm -hmm. And and what they do is they reduce the time that you need to track these numbers. Right. So like my phone system, we can just use our phone system, look and see, I can do a report for the week based on every different phone number for every marketing channel and how many calls came in. Not only that, I can use an API to go in the back end and pull that information and report it in a spreadsheet directly right. without e a human ever having to go in there. Yep. I can use Zapier and they can use zaps from one system to another system. I can, I can have a form that somebody fills out that automatically creates information into a spreadsheet for me that turns different colors automatically. Like there's so many things that we can do now. And as we get more technologically advanced, like a lot of that stuff that helps with the tracking of the numbers. We're trying, we're working really hard right now in our company to create a dashboard that we can see everything just yeah. automatically without any human effort. Because right now we're spending a lot of human capital on creating all these spreadsheets and things like that. So yeah. what I think is cool that you're going to share about these different systems is like, how can you use them to your advantage to track these numbers? How can you reduce your workload as, a, as the owner of the company and one man show if you're a one man show or your team? Because if I can get that human capital back, then that 1 million becomes 2 million. Yep. Like if I got my people doing what they do best and what only humans can do, like talk to people on the phone, set appointments, make offers, like real offers, like really get to motivation, dig in, yeah. not just like sending an e-offer or an automated uh, yeah. and, and so process, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's really powerful stuff. So I think it's, I know that you're going to make it fun. I know, I, I do feel like uh, we're, we're like scared, like, oh, do, do you got to be really scared about all this stuff. Like, look yeah. guys, the, the other side of the coin is, Mike, Mike was running his company for a long time, not knowing his numbers. I was, I was running my, my company, not knowing the numbers. If you're, if you're really like operationally sound and everything's good, then it's not necessarily like <clears throat> the number one thing that you absolutely have to be doing. But I think that right now in today's market, the, like the separation between the people that will make it and the people that won't in the competition that we have and the, um, the tightness of the market and everybody trying to get in and thinking that they can jump in and do this. That's the difference is really like understanding the business, tracking the numbers and being in the right like mind space and, and ready to, and committed. Like Mike's all in. I'm all in. Like you can tell the, these the, we're business owners, like we're running a business. I am. I will not I will not lose this game of entrepreneurship and, and this business. And we're going to shift and change with the market and do different things. So, yep. um, yeah. You, you brought up a good point too. And I, I focused a little bit on the like tracking the money side and it, that'll be part of it. But the part of it that I actually do get excited about and I find very interesting is the, the human activity side of it, right? How many calls does it take to equal a lead? How many leads does it take to get an appointment? Those are the numbers you can reverse engineer. It's really fun when you only understand the numbers, you know how to manipulate the business to, to, to create the business that you want, right? Most people don't have the slightest clue how they go from, you know, $100,000 in gross profits to 
$500,000. They don't know. They don't know the activity involved. So you said it yourself, KPIs, key performance indicators. What are my people? What's the activities that my people have to do that will lead me to the result I want? And that's something I'll talk about too. And that is a, that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun when you, when you really understand what the activity is of your company that dictates a lot of uh, whether or not it's healthy. It's not just the money coming in and out. It's some of it's the activity, and what does that activity look like? And are you the activity you're doing? Is it producing the right result? And that's what you talked about: is optimizing your human capital. Like, are my people efficient? Are we are we doing are we doing a good enough job with what we have to maximize the profits? And that's so. It sounds like it's going to bleed a little bit into what you're talking about, but that's the fun part of this of tracking the numbers and just understanding what what's happening from an activity standpoint, which is very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to introduce them to my staff and I'm going to let my staff tell, sh- just show them the kind of people that they are. Like, who do you need to hire in a business to get you to that point? Like, what's, what is, what do they, what do they look like? Why do they, you know, what kind of questions do you ask? How do you interview them? What, you know, all that stuff? Like, who are they? Yeah. Because I really think I, I've never felt the way that I feel right now, but I'm surrounded by people who want this business to succeed just as much, if not more than I do. Yeah. And when you find somebody like that, like, I can sleep very well at night knowing that they'll take care of my money and my business and my company and our name just like I would, if not better. Yeah, I, I had uh, a really fun time. I had a, uh, the pleasure of speaking with Val last night on a coaching call, your, your lead intake manager. And she was talking about exactly what you're saying, your philo- your guys' philosophy, her philosophy, that your company's philosophy on hiring and, and how you, because that was the question we were getting from some of the folks in our program. How do you know who to hire? How do you evaluate? And and it was a lot of she was talking a lot about the character and the values of the person above and beyond maybe even their experience and and what they look like on paper. Like who are they? What's important to them? What are they driven by? And what is their their what do they look like as a as a person? And that was very cool. And I think it was eye opening for folks on the phone. So that was a lot of fun. And, it, and it's exactly what you're talking about, right? Just having the right people and and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, that, that's like my top secret method for hiring. If looking back over the past like four or five years of who I've brought on and when and why and, and how and who's performed and who hasn't. And it's been, I, I always look back to my interviews and I don't know why I did this. I, I don't know. I didn't know how to interview people in the beginning. Like I just kind of asked them some questions. Yeah. But I really feel like my interviews are very different than most people. Like I will, I will always dig into the person and who they are and their life and their story and where they want to go and how much money they want to make and why. Um, and sometimes I don't even really like, I don't look at the resume that close. Yeah. So that's, uh, I, I, you say my top secret thing, PSH people going, you don't look at the resume you nuts. Like I, all I do is look at the resume, <laughs> yeah. but when I look at a resume, I want to see, have they, have they worked somewhere for a while? Like are there, are there like huge, like they, they were six months here and nine months here and yeah. three months here. Um, so if I see a lot of that, there's some red flags that come up. But I mean, honestly, like if you were on a, in a call center for the last 10 years, you might not be who I want because you're probably a robot. Yeah. Like I want somebody who wants to move up inside the business, who wants to get better, who understand, like when I give them some constructive feedback, they really take it because they know that I care about them. It's not, you're not doing your job very well. It's the fact that I want you to make more money. Like if you got to accept it like that, like I want you to get more appointments. Yeah. I want you to get more sales. I want you to make more money when I'm asking you to do something. It's not, I, the company needs to make more money cracking a whip. You need to work harder. Totally. It's not that. 
And if somebody looks at it like that, it's the wrong fit. So yep. I love the fact that Val was on the call. Uh, I just, I got to spend some time with her today. Um, in fact, she's moving up here to Nashville, t- uh, tonight. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Very so, cool. um, it, she, she's fantastic. The team's fantastic. I mean, I really can't wait to share them with everybody. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, bringing them on stage. Uh, they just, they're, they're lighting up right now being able to give uh give value to the programs and stuff like that and i'm i'm excited to to bring them in a little bit i can't look i'm i'm running a business just like everybody that's listening and you mike i I absolutely cannot steal their their human capital to come over to the coaching company like full-time but i I love the fact that uh, i've negotiated with nate my coo to give them uh, like an hour or two over here a month so yeah just a warning to everyone who's going to flip hacking live you're just gonna want to get bill's people into your company like you're that's what i was i was talking to val last night going i just want her to work for me how do i maybe i can just offer her more money or something no, i'm just kidding but they're they're they are awesome you have a great team and i think people are gonna have a they're in for a real treat to be to be able to be around them and to get the um to ask them questions and just sort of understand the type of people that you really want to bring into your company if you want to be successful. And it is a lot about the person because one thing I took away from my call last night with Val was just what a cool person she was, you know, not just, yeah, she's good at her job and she knows what she's talking about, but she's a cool person. So uh, I think there's something to that for sure. It's not, well, a, not I think about it, the resume. I think it's like flip packing live in, inside my company, you know, it, when the meeting ends, when the quarterly meeting ends, we don't want to leave. Yeah. Like we want to hang out and spend time with each other. The same thing for our seven figure meetings, for our six figure meetings, for yeah. flip hacking live. Like when it's over, people are just kind of looking around going, can I get another day? Yeah. Can, can I stay here longer? Exactly. I can't believe, like, I just want more of this. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's it, it, the same thing with the company. And I think that's when you know things are going well, things are going right. Like, yep. you know, those times where you worked at that job where you're like, oh, man, it's 455, five yeah. minutes. Uh, come on, let's yep. go, let's go, let's go. I'm jumping in my car. I need to get away from these people. And that's kind of the the atmosphere and environment that we've tried to create. And I think we've done a good job. And I think anybody that's listening, you can do that same thing. You know, you can create that environment and you can build that kind of team. Um, it's, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's yep. not impossible to do. It's not, I'm not any different than you at doing it. it we, we have a process now that works really well. So, um, what are a couple things that, uh, like, let's let's just give everybody a couple things, like maybe a couple numbers that they should be tracking. And it, if, they, if they can't make it to Flip Hacking Live or something like that, like, what are a couple things and tips that they can take and implement in their business right now to say, give me these like three or four numbers that I absolutely have to have that um, they can start tracking today. Yeah. So if you're just looking at it from a real high level, right? Because when we get there, I'm going to, I'm going to give us like these high level, some of these high level numbers, and then we're going to break it down into departments too. So people can understand that. But at a high level, you need to know what you're spending on marketing for sure, right? What That's usually one of your biggest expenses. So know what you're spending on marketing, understand how many, how many phone calls you're getting or how many leads you're getting from that marketing. What is it costing you? So cost per lead, right? What are we spending on marketing? Divided by the number of leads, that's cost per lead. We want to know that. We want to know how many leads it takes for us to get an appointment and how many appointments it takes for you to get a contract. What is your average contract value and what does it cost you to get a contract? Like to me, and then your revenue, obviously. Like what's your total revenue? Like at a high level, that's what I want to know. What am I spending? How many times, how many leads am I getting from that? What's my cost per lead? What's my cost per contract? How many leads per contract? What's my average contract value? And then what am I making? Like if you just have some of that, those basic numbers, you can understand the basic health of your company. There's a, there's a lot more that I'm going to share than that, but at a high level, like that's basically it. 
Yeah. And I think, I think if you're a flipper, you got also yep. kind of, um, you know, average, uh, days from like contract to close or, uh, you know, keys to keys to sell. Like how long does it take for you to rehab a house? What's your, the whole time. And then what's it kind of on budget? Are you on budget or off budget? What percentage are you over budget, under budget, those kind of things. And then yep. what's your profit per deal for that, for that flipping? Yep. Um, because yeah, it's very similar, very similar to mine. Like you got, I, I think here, let's do this. I'm going to share kind of my funnel okay. real quick and my numbers just because I, I know them. So we get about 200 calls per, per day, or I'm sorry, per week. We get about 200 per week. Of those, we got about 80 that are leads. So we define a lead as somebody has a house that they may be interested in selling. It's not, I want to be off your list, take me off, all this stuff. And just so you guys know, I am uh, like 80% of my leads come from direct, 80% of our deals come from direct mail, probably more than that on leads. Um, we do online advertising, pay-per-click, stuff like that. Uh, but it doesn't produce a high number of leads, our direct mail does. So about 200 calls a week, we got about 80 Podio leads that we get. About 40 of those become appointments. And then about 36 of those appointments are actually attended. Mm-hmm. And from that, we make offers on most, but not all, for a couple different re- reasons, which we'll talk about at Flip Hacking Live. So those 36 appointments are over three markets. So it's about 12 per market per week, anywhere from 10 to 12 per week. And from those, we get about two deals per market per week. So about uh, six deals a week. So six of 36, which uh, actually, I think we're at like 28 attended. Uh, so because uh, we're actually like filtering people out our lead intake yeah. people are setting a lot more appointments than we're actually attending right now because we're trying to make sure that the salespeople on the phone, the acquisitions rep, actually talk to them. Right. So get get a chance for uh, the next level of salesperson to get on the phone with them and maybe qualify them out. And I give them the ability to qualify some of those out. So about six uh, contracts per week. And of those, about five close. So occasionally we have some things that have you know title issues, things like that. So that's how we yep. get from our around our 20 to a max of like 30, I think the most deals we've ever done in a month is like 33 now. So okay. that's kind of our range, 20 to 33. And we're, we're rarely under 20 now per month. So that's kind of what our funnel looks like. And I mean, I know that because I look at it all the time. Yep. If that stuff starts going way up or going way down. The other cool thing that our marketing department is going to talk about at uh, Flip Hacking Live is how we qualify a lead now. So I'm going to make her discuss this. So we specific, and I'm not going to share it on here because this is just pure gold. Um, <laughs> there, but there's different ways. Like we brought a, mar- a marketing person in house, and we weren't speaking the same language. I brought her on. Her name's Heather. I brought her on the podcast before, and she shared some of this. She didn't use the terms and define them and everything, but she said we weren't speaking the same language between like before she came on and really quarter to quarter and month to month. We were we weren't, you know, we yeah. would. The sales reps were reporting different numbers and it all kind of flows into this KPI thing. Like you've got to be speaking the same language. You can't have somebody go, oh yeah, I didn't include like four appointments last week because they were phone appointments, not in-person appointments. And that's what happened to us. They weren't including them. And I went, okay, a year from now, we're going to look back on this data and compare it to the current data and it's going to be off, but we're going to think that we're doing worse than we were. Yeah. Even though we're, we're doing the same, like, yeah. it, do you guys see that? So yep. now we're making, we're, we're noting every quarter what changes we're making at our quarterly meeting for marketing, tracking and numbers so that when we go look back, we're looking apples to apples instead of apples to oranges in comparison. So yeah. um, we're doing some cool stuff on the leads because we want to know not only how much it costs us to get a lead. We want, I oh mean, I'm almost going to share it. We want to know a couple <laughs> different things throughout that, right? Because the marketing department wants to know, like, like, what does it look like to just get, um, get somebody to check us out? 
Yeah. You know, what does it look like to forget, get them to call us and talk to us? Then how much is it like to get them to actually set an appointment with us? Yep. Like what are all those costs and how are they changing and moving with the marketplace? So we can see more real-time lead indicators instead of lagging indicators. Right. So we don't want to wait till we go out of business to wonder what happened. Yep. We want to know ahead of time and see the future. Totally. So, all right. We're going to teach you how to see the future is what I take from this episode. <laughs> That's it. That's right. So, um, Okay. Anything else? Anything else you want to share about the presentation, Flip Packing Live? Anything else? I, the only thing I can say is this. You had uh, Amanda Howell on, the, on the, the podcast the other day. I listened to it. It was a great interview. And she brought up a really good point. I, you know, I, I've been to other uh, conferences or events, real estate events. If you've, if you've been to other ones and you've not been to this one, there is such a difference that it's almost indescribable how much more of a family environment, how much more um, approachable everybody is. You know, you go to these events sometimes and the people who are on stage, it's like they, they whisk them off and you can't talk to them. They're just above everybody, right? The people who are on stage and talking are going to be at the event, walking around, hanging out, like answering questions. They're going to they're gonna be available. So it's really, it's really, this event is so much more, I don't know, I don't know, what appro- everyone's approachable. It's, it's just so much more where you feel like it's, everyone's being treated fairly and equally there isn't this weird hierarchy of like we're not talking to you because you've only done one deal like it's not like that it's very much open and it makes you feel like there's something there for everybody and that's what a lot of other events lack it, it's very um you know it's very closed off and very you know just elitist and, and this isn't like that it's just a great event and i know people personally and so do you um who have gone to this event as a small investor, and I, when I say small, I mean small amount of volume or no volume, just brand new, never done anything before, and their business has skyrocketed. And this event was what did it. And this is what they will credit with what happened to them and why did they succeed and what happened to their business. Going to this event, spending a couple of days with all these folks, listening to what's taught. And by the way, the people on stage, you have Jocko, world-class speaker, right? You have Walter Bond, world-class speaker. Everybody else who's going to talk are real estate investors. They are not, like their occupation is not speaker. They're investors. They're doing this every day. They're in the trenches and they're up there sharing what they're doing right now in their business. They're not just people who get on stage and talk about what they did in the 90s. They're do, they're do, they did it yesterday, they're gonna do it tomorrow, and they did it last week. So to me, that's the, that's the biggest value of this entire weekend or uh, event is that it's, it's all people doing it, you know? It's not, it's not, people who used to do it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And then I've even seen in the past, some people go, well, I mean, this guy's doing 200 deals. And part of the reason that I want to bring my team in here is because at our last event, there was a new member of Seven Figure Flipping that looked at me and said, I just can't relate to you. Like yeah. you're just doing things on such a higher level that that I just, it's not something that I feel like I can even get mentally get from where I am to where you are, yeah. there's got to be steps in between. And there, there are, there's lots of steps in between and you know, we can help anybody at any point. So figuring out how to bridge that gap, that's been the most important challenge for me at this event. So like bringing my team in there, the people that are doing these things right now, like I don't need to go ask my team what they were doing and respond to you and get back to you. Right. Like my staff is going to be there. I'm right. bringing them there. And they're going to do some question and answer at one of the VIP lunches. They're going to do. They're going to be on stage doing some stuff. It's it's going to be really great. I think we're speaking to any different person. The biggest question that I get about this event is like, who is it for? And I would say anybody. I honestly would. Yeah. Like, um, and it's and not only is it going to help you in your 
you know, professional life and in, in real estate investing, it's going to help you in your personal life too. And uh, the whole the whole idea is when you walk in those doors, you spend three days with us, you leave, you should have some actionable items to take and execute, and you should be a better person. Yeah, like that's if if you can say that, even just like give me one of those two. Like that's my goal is totally. hopefully you look back and say, and it's not it's like, it's just super motivating and you leave the next day and it just like the, the air comes out of the balloon. Um, you leave and you, you're, you are energized to go execute, but you know the things that you need to execute on and you have the map to do it. It's yeah. not, it's not this treasure map with that's only half filled out. It's the whole thing like all the way to the, all the way to the, yeah. The, the speakers on stage notoriously, and I'm guilty of this myself, give away everything like there's there's nothing that you know we were i was last year i pulled out a, a little gold nugget that was in our private uh seven figure flipping group and and threw it up on stage in front of everybody it's like it was awesome it was a great tip and i i, I thought it was gold myself from from my own company so i just mentioned it on stage so there's no like hey guys give value but sort of hold back and like there's none of that like none of that so. yep and we probably gave away a ton on here. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of it. Hopefully you guys see that, like how open and just honest we are. Like I really, um, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to tell you what I think. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the goods and the bads. I, we, it's not just all, you know, sunshine and butterflies. Yep. So, uh, we're going to share the things that aren't working. And some of those, some of those failures and missteps that we've made in our lives and our businesses and things like that are what you need to hear too. Totally. And you guys hear that from stage and, and you hear somebody who is successful, who is not perfect, doesn't do everything right, has made lots of mistakes, is, you know, uh, is just like you and yeah. likely has other challenges and different things going on in their life and their business. Um, you know, that, that's sometimes that's that's what it takes to yep. see that. And it's not I don't know, these these people that you think are are a lot different than you that aren't. So, um, so anyway, come out and check us out. I really, I'm excited to see you guys. If you're kind of on the fence, um, you got to make a decision here. We're, um, we're definitely going to sell out. This is, uh, the, the hotel is, uh, this is the last week for the hotel, uh, this week. So when the, this podcast comes out, uh, depending on who, which podcast you're listening to it on, whether it's mine or Mike's, um, you just have a couple more days for the hotel and we got a super great rate and, uh, we might be sold out of the event, but if you go to, uh, fliphackinglive.com, and um, uh, San Diego, October 10th through the 12th, downtown San Diego. It's like right in the gas lamp. It's a beautiful location overlooking Coronado. Um, you can walk to the gas lamp, all the bars and restaurants. It's just incredible. The hotel is awesome. It's yeah. an incredible, beautiful pool. And remember, you're, where you're traveling from, it's October in San Diego. You can still go to the pool. Hot tub, workout right. room. It's great restaurants. It's really nice. So um, incredible speakers. We've got, um, you guys need your tickets? Go to flippackinglive.com, grab a ticket, and then... Uh, if you want to do a VIP, we also, this is the first year we're offering a VIP upgrade. Yeah. So we've got, a, we've, we probably have about 15 spots for VIP left from when I'm speaking, like when I'm doing this podcast. So we, we set 50 aside and that's it. So when that's gone, they're gone. Like uh, it's going to be a couple lunches. The first lunch is question and answer with me. The second lunch is question and answer with my team. And then that Thursday night, we have uh, kind of a reception where we're going to do some hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that, where it's just networking. All of our six, seven, and eight figure members are going to be in there um, that you can network with, talk to. And it's only 50 people that are not current members. So that's, if you think key. about that. Yeah, that's key. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of people at this event, guys. If you're a VIP, it's just 50. I mean, it's just yep. you're it's just scaling it down to where you get a lot more interactions. Very cool. Yeah, it's it, that's incredible because I mean, just think about it. We got about 150 of our clients, our high level mastermind clients that are going to be there, yep. and you will be outnumbered almost like three to one. 
if not a little more. So like, think about that. And these are all people that are doing deals today that are know each other, networking, have no idea what it's almost like a little mini mastermind at, mm -hmm. at lunch and at the reception and things like that. Yep. I also have some early access into the event where you can go grab a, a table up front and make sure that you can, uh, you can write down, uh, all your notes and snap pictures and all that stuff. So um, look forward to seeing you guys there. Mike, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm excited to see your presentation. And and even more than that, I'm excited for my team to see your presentation <laughs> because my expectation this year is that I'm not eight, listening to your podcast, like your recording from last year, eight months later in the gym, and we're not doing a couple things that we should be doing. So they're going to be tasked to implement all this stuff right away. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, I can't wait for me. it. Uh, me either. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun week for us. So thanks for having me on the, on your podcast. I appreciate it. And uh, so this was a blast. It's fun. It's yeah. Fun being and hey, guys, don't forget, check out the Just Start Real Estate podcast with Mike Simmons. Uh, he's going to have me on there at least once a week from now on. It's uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> just kidding. It's uh, it's it's really great stuff. And, you know, I when I started listening to it as I was getting going, it gave a lot of like really actionable items for people who like the whole idea is like just start, like, get out there and do it. And it's it's really good stuff. He's got some great interviews. He's been really been ramping things up lately and I've, I've loved listening to it. So, you know, give him a review, jump on, subscribe to it and uh, and check him out because I, you know, uh, it's just awesome content. You know, Mike's the man. So. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yep. Hey, it was good hanging out with you and I will uh, see you in a couple days. All right, brother. We'll see you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I, I was being interviewed on another show, which is fun to do. And I thought it might be kind of fun to bring to you guys to kind of hear a different perspective and someone interview me for a change. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. And it was cool talking to him about this upcoming uh, event, Flip Hacking Live, which I'm super excited about. And I am working like crazy on my presentation because I just want to I want to kill it. Like I said on the show, um, I'm competitive that way. And I know there's going to be some great speakers there, um, some awesome people from around the country who are just doing some phenomenal things in their real estate investing business. So I, I want to bring it and I want to bring it big time. So I'm working my butt off on that presentation. And it was a lot of fun to talk to Bill about it and, and kind of be interviewed on his show, the House Flipping HQ podcast. Go check that podcast out if you haven't. He does some great interviews with some folks on there too. And uh, I just, uh, I love it, man. Bill's a good guy and he's a smart guy and I enjoy talking to him. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets for Flip Hacking Live, by the way, you can go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash Flip Hacking Live and you can get them cheaper than if you went to the Flip Hacking Live website. So go ahead and go to my website and get that discount that I have negotiated for you guys on your behalf. And if you go, uh, come and find me, grab me, pull me aside, say, hey, I'm a listener. I would love to talk to you and hopefully I will see you there. If you don't go there, then guys, just always feel free to reach out to me via email. Uh, I would love to talk to you. And like I always say, you know, this business isn't rocket science, but there's no way you're gonna have success in it if you don't get out there and just start. So get out there and just start, guys.